Lacey Maker, the All Sports one, Network. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one-on-one, one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one-on-one, one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. We number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one-on-one at Legacy Maker Sports Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, Darrell Owens. We are back for another edition of one-on-one here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. We are here at episode 63. I keep saying to myself, I can't, I still can't believe I'm even this far here to end the game in the one-on-ones, but we are a little bit past our second year. But to, you know, and I'm, so I'm excited. But today, but today we've got a great mind in the world of sports uh, and i'm not just saying oh statistics or it, he knows it all man I, and i'm not just saying that the blowers you know the toot is horn here but i mean when i'm telling you if you if you need to go somebody that has a vast knowledge in just sports journalism as a whole this gentleman right here is the man my man my guy <laughs> on air oh wait a minute thing disappeared on me my on air talent at <laughs> <laughs> at 96.5 FM, my man Danny Thompson. Danny, how you doing, brother? How's everything yeah. going? I mean, you gotta think the Blake intro out for like you know, Sting was about to come from the Raptors. We just come out summer slams. I yeah. mean, listen, no, you know, it's episode 63. We're gonna call it the Gene Upshaw edition, you know. Hey, number like 63, that. but no, um, it's it's a pleasure to be on the show. I've watched almost every episode because everybody that comes on the show always has some different perspective to bring. So I I guess I got to figure out something that nobody else has ever said before. Hey, there you go. There you go. Well, no, it's it's just an honor, man. Like it really is an honor to have you on because, you know, you know, when you're, when you're starting to build, you know, trying to figure out right, who do I want on, you know, and this podcast for me is not, no, let me just grab anybody. In, I don't, I don't, that's not the way I look at it. I look at it like I want people on that, you know, could eventually either help people um, in their growth, in this industry, or if I'm having an athlete on somebody that can inspire somebody to take that next step, you know, um, and that's, that was my thing. So when I, it's funny, cause I had you on my list and then when I made the initial post and I used like, Ooh, me, Ooh, me, I was like, yeah, perfect. Danny. Great, 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 great. So I didn't even have to, I hadn't even had a chance to reach out completely. He'd already jumped on. I said, this is perfect. I appreciate you, brother. I truly, truly appreciate you. Appreciate the honor to be on my friend. So let's get to well, it. Yeah, well, look, we got a lot to get into, um, but before we get too deep, uh, obviously we had a, a you know some tragic news today in the world of sports, finding out that uh, the legendary, the absolutely legendary Bill Russell passed away at the age of eighty-eight, and that's it's 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 something that yeah we know he's eighty-eight years old. Obviously, you know he's lived a full life, you know, and he's done so many great things for. Uh, you know, for the, you know, for the community, uh, you know, for, for black Americans, you know, Americans in general, he just done so much great things beyond basketball. Uh, but this man uh, deserves his love. And, and I know when everybody speaks goat, Danny, and we hear Jordan, you know, we hear uh, Kareem occasionally, <laughs> we hear LeBron 
And I think a lot of people, because of the era, sometimes we look past Bill Russell. But uh, I think everybody respected Bill Russell. I just wanted your thoughts on Bill Russell, uh, the legend. And and we it's, it's so sad. To, I hate to say we lost him too soon, but it feels like he even though he's lived the full life. I mean, when you look at, you know, just legends in general, you know, there's a reason why this man has trophies named after him. I mean, he still has something no one's ever done before. He won a championship as a player and a coach. You know, can you imagine Greg Popovich being on the court and, you know, averaging 20 rebounds a game and also calling the plays at the same time? Right. Can you imagine Michael Jordan trying to coach the Bulls in 96 while scoring 30 points a game? He did it in an era where no one's ever done it. You know, one of the first, I think the first African-American coach in the league, you, you know, they see on the bottom of the scroll, 11-time champion, you know, five-time MVP. You know, you can talk about the era. You know, we can say, oh, there was, you know, X, Y, and Z. But he was in an era that was different. And so you can never take away the man's greatness. There's a reason why you won 11 championships. You know, basketball is a team sport. And he just happened to be the centerpiece of literally a dynasty in basketball. And, you know, he was a good human being in general. It's just, it's just, it, it sucks, you know. You say 88 full life, but you just, you, you knew, you never want, you never want to think this day was going to happen. But, I mean, there's so much you can say about Bill Ross. That's a whole entire podcast by itself. But it's just, it's sad, but this man has done more for the league than people would ever give him credit for. Yeah, I mean, it's something for me that I, it, like I said, it, it definitely was like, wow, man, I couldn't believe it. And, and now I know, I mean, I'm glad to know that he went peacefully. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he, you know, was we were able to see him. I, I, I will say this. I'm glad that he was able to see people truly starting to appreciate him. You know, even after, you know, after all he's done, like a newer generation, I think has appreciated him after you know seeing the, you know the MVP, the uh, is the East, not the Eastern Conference Final, NBA yeah, the Eastern Conference Final that's renamed after him, or am I thinking um, NBA Finals, NBA Finals, NBA Finals? That's Magic, my fault, and Bird. But it's good to see you know people getting an opportunity to see that you know that they was named after him. I, I just think it's a really good deal, man. It's just good to that people are going to finally get a chance to truly you know appreciate him. Yeah, I mean, when you when you when you see Finals MVP, they say, "Oh, the Bill Russell Award." For people who don't know basketball, and you hear that that name, you're gonna you know you're gonna instantly Google or find some kind of YouTube to know who Bill Russell is. So, like you mentioned, his legacy is gonna live on, and he's just gonna impact generations. You know, not only from previous generations, but the generations now and generations going forward. Yeah, that that's that's one of the biggest things for me. We're gonna get an opportunity to see. Uh, you know, him do so much, you know, so much good. And uh, or we had the opportunity to see him do so much good. So truly, truly appreciate him. Uh, you know, now, um, before we get rolling into everything, you know, we like to start off with uh, the, the check. Now, in, in the in the check in, you know, we want Danny, I know things have been, you know, it's, it's, it's I know it's a little bit of a tough week for you, brother. I, I know that, you know, personally. Um, but I, I wanted to check in on you to see how you, your family, and everybody has been doing uh, during these tough, you know, during pro- COVID, and you know, now that it's kind of out of the way, but we, you know, we've been through it. You know, like how was that experience for you? How are you and your family now? How are things for you now? 
it's funny, you know, if you look at the last week, you know, for me and my family, it's been, it's kind of a hard week for us, you know, and Darrell, you know, you know, you, you know about this more than anybody I know, you know, Monday, my wife's, you know, the anniversary of my, of my mom, my wife's mother passing away um, was on Monday. And then Wednesday was the anniversary of my brother passing away. Um, and so for my wife, I think it's going on, for my wife is three years. And for me, it's 14 for my brother. And no matter what happens, you know, when people impact your life, you know, people, whether it be a parent, whether it be a sibling, you know, you, you know, everybody's relationship with different people are different, but it hit us all at the same time. And, you know, as far as the week goes, you know, just going through all of those things at that one time and just trying to keep the spirits up in the house has been, you know, it's been a challenge. Um, my daughter, our daughter's here from Florida for the month. So making sure that we're able to still be 100 percent you know, of the, you know, of being parents at the same time of, you know, going through it has been a bit of a challenge this week. And um, when you go back to COVID, man, COVID, it changed, it changed, it changed lives. I mean, for me, it definitely changed my life. I'm, I think I'm the only person that moved three times during COVID. So I went <laughs> three cities of COVID. So I started in Orlando and um, I got a phone call um, to come home. Um, you know, I've had, you know, you know, some health situations at some point in time, but I got the call to come home uh, to be with my mom. And then during the same time of COVID, you know, we all have our, 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 you know, our troubles, but then I have blessings to come out of it because I think I'm one of the few people in the country who dated, got engaged with the whole wedding <laughs> process and got married, moved to the city all in an eight month period while dealing with COVID. So I had a complete, I had a COVID relationship while getting married. So um, and living in two different cities. So, you know, you can look at this, the, the negativity part, but you look at the day, you know, you know, it's Sunday, went to church and realized, you know, it's a blessing. So everything happens for a reason. But at, as this very moment, I can look at my family. We have all of us in one house, you know, we're all living, we're all surviving, we're all thriving. And to be able to, to take it day by day, it's, it's been, it's, it's nothing but a blessing to be honest with you, but COVID you know, it changed sports, but for each person, Darrell, you know, you went through it too. It changed all of us. And I think we will look back at COVID when we get older and our children get older. We have grandkids and we talk about COVID. You know, they're going to talk about COVID the same way they talk about the Great Depression. We're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. You know, and, you know. That's the crazy thing. Like, it's, you know, you're growing up and you, you hear about all the Great Depression. You hear, you hear about all that crazy stuff that happened in history, but you never think that you would live through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never think that you would live through it. And just having to kind of sit here and live through it. And I know it was a different version, but just living through what we went through in those two years was like, boy, this is crazy. Like, what yeah. is going on here? Like, you, know, you, you think about it, it's like, okay, you talk about the great, it's, we went through a global pandemic. Like, literally, it wasn't just, you know, you know, us being in Virginia. We didn't go through this in Virginia. This is a worldwide thing. And if you did not catch COVID, congratulations. But I'm right. pretty sure you knew somebody who did or know two or three people who did. You know, some people caught COVID more than once. Some people caught COVID multiple times. Right. You know, you know it, COVID has affected all of us in different ways. You know, we learned, like you said, listen to Carlton Towns, what happened with his family with COVID. You right. know, we had a great debate about COVID when it came to vaccinations. It, it not only affected, you know, an entire city of New York City, it affected the NBA. It affected Major League Baseball. Right. You know. I mean, we're just talking about COVID laws. I'm not talking about the COVID just interrupting play all of a sudden. You know, it, the aftermath of COVID costed, you know, a team a potential chance at the NBA championship. It costed, you know, 
million, on, on the professional side, but on the business side, you had a whole city of workers that could not go to work because of COVID restrictions. Man, you know, it was it was it, just, it, it was crazy. Now it was, I'm not it was gonna, you know it was for me, a crazy I'm, time, Danny. I just like I said, I, I had so much loss, it had so much loss last year. And you know, I go back and look at it and I reflect and I just said, man, you know, I I, I kept telling myself, I said, well, it was hard, but I, I want to make sure that I I live strong for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and COVID hit it hit us tough. I mean, it was just on so many different levels. But you know, I just, you know, I just want to make sure that I do right by them. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that are no longer here because of it. And, you know, it's it, it was tough times, but I, I think it, it, it starts to feel like, you know, I think a, the nation itself, it kind of feels like it's, I don't want to say it's over, but they're looking past it. They're not talking about it as much as they, they used to. So, yeah. and yeah. so it's like, it's like we, we're paying attention to it, but not fully paying attention to it. So I, all I can say is things can only go up from here, right? That's what, that's what Buster Moon says and, and, uh, and saying, you can only go, it can only go up from here. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we go through it all. We survived it, you know, for the most part, you know, and we live to tell about it, you know, and we all, we just, we want to honor the people that we, that did not make it out of it. You know, that's right. why I know you work as hard as you do. I work as hard as I do. The multitude of people, and I just speak of journalists in general, just journalists in general, just, you know, bust their ass every single day. And they, and they work harder because of the people that are not able to see them in their elements. So. Yeah, well, I mean, for those out there who have struggled, just know that we we know we know and just, you know, keep keep pushing and keep striving. Now, let's talk. Let's let's get into a little bit of good stuff here. I know get get the emotional stuff out the way at the beginning here, but uh, I did. I couldn't go past without saying something about Bill and checking in on you, brother. Uh, But let's 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 talk about where, you know, little Danny, you know, we're talking about seven eight nine year old danny got his passion from sports from can you tell me where danny got his little danny got his passion from sports from so it's funny my mom will tell the story my dad will tell the story so born june 1st 1983 during the nba finals so my mom is a diehard at the time a diehard sixers fan now i still i still question the fact of her being a sixers fan to this <laughs> day because my dad my mom was in love with dr j so that's really what it was so my mom loved dr lust. j it was lust <laughs> it, 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 it might have been, it might have been. dr j for out loud um so you know being in hawaii this is before this is before twitter this is before tiktok or even live television games so being on the west coast and being on the extreme west coast everything was tape delayed so uh, you know, people don't remember those days where the NBA came on at 12.05 because they couldn't show nothing else on. So um, <laughs> my uh, my mom's water broke and she refused to go to the hospital until they put a television with the finals on inside the, deli- inside the delivery room area so she can watch the game. Um, the good news is they got the, they got it in there and I came out after the game was over. So everybody was happy. Um, everybody was good. <laughs> everybody was happy. Everybody was good. Um, mom will tell you, like nine months old, drooling on the sports page. Um, drooling in the stat section, and my love, grew, my love for it grew. My dad coached basketball in the military, so basketball has always been part of me. So I played sports as a child. But um, being in the age of the the late '80s, you know, the first thing that we saw was video games. So you had right. Nintendo, you had Sega. You know, I didn't have a Nintendo. My next door neighbor did, so I went to his house to play Magic Johnson Fast Break. You know? Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> oh this, man! So this is before technical. This is Magic Johnson fast break and ten yard fight. Um, you know MLB baseball with only numbers. You know those were the games I remember playing as a child. Um, bases then, loaded. Love bases. Bases loaded. loaded. 
<laughs> you know, uh, my guy from Boston who always hits home runs every time. Bruh, gets- Pace. Pace, that's my Pace. name. Yes, Pace, Pace is was- a legend. Yes. All right. yeah, I, I think, no, but Pace was with Jersey. But Pace yeah. had like 60 home runs. Monster. <laughs> and then right. his, his cleanup guy, Bay, had like 35 home runs. I'm like, bro, who's pitching to those guys? And then you know, see, Valdez was a starting pitcher. Don't tell me why. I know. I, I got it right back here. So my, I used to play with my cousin from New York. So I used to hit pace all the time. Like he used to be at the play. I used to drill him. Hey, bro. His <laughs> only drill him. <laughs> yeah, I would go after. I'll go. I'll go head hunting. But his only thing was, you know, a base is loaded. That was a game that baseball players actually fought. So when your guy went to the mound to charge, he's ejected. Hey, yo, right there, you're crazy. <laughs> I love that game. Oh, my God, that's a good one. That's a classic. That's a classic. So, I, I played video games. I mean, for me, my first console, it was the original Sega, but the first time that the real sports love hit me uh, was Christmas. Uh, I mean, like I said, I watched, I watched ESPN as a child, so I always watch ESPN. For me, ESPN memories, uh, I have the weird memories of ESPN, so I used to, to fake staying up on Saturday nights four and five years old watching arena football at 12 a.m watching uh detroit and tampa in orlando and using legos to build stadiums like i'm actually at the game and those that's things that's great that's great so <laughs> then that turned into like i said playing the second genesis and my first christmas having bulls for uh, lakers versus uh, bulls versus lakers and then pat Riley basketball with the players oh. dribbling the, the the medicine balls man i and remember then, my cousin had Bulls versus Lakers and Bulls versus Blazers too. Let me make them. I had, all, I had all. I had. I had the whole series, and then getting NHL hockey, uh, NHL '93, and then just yes. really just in just and just enjoying sports. And so, the love <laughs> for sports happened then. Um, living on a military base and moving to Charlotte, it was that's where the military town in Jacksonville, and then lower, you know, just watching it and being engulfed in it, you know, and learning stats. You know, those are the games, Darrell. We didn't have full seasons. And if they did, they didn't hold stats. <laughs> so we're on – we're having paper and pencil, writing games and playing games and keeping that stuff in order and keeping the standings. Um, learning for journalism, actually, for the, the television side, watching TNT basketball on Friday nights and watching WG on Saturdays. You know, this is when TNT first had their games. W, TBS used to have Dominique Wilkins. That was my, my favorite player growing up. Mm-hmm. I love Jordan, but Dominique was my guy because Friday nights, TBS, when it was the Superstation, when they were showing nothing but Atlanta oh, stuff on a national level. Days. Yeah. Dominique with the double pump, and then it turned into TNT. I remember my brother. That's why I said, why, you know, it hits my brother. My brother was, we used to go on Friday nights to go to Sonic and go sit in the drive-thru, you know, and get our food so that way we come home to watch the double header on, on, on Friday night. Jordan was my guy on Saturday, so my dad would, Literally, we watched the game, but he break down the game to me as Jordan was playing because he was a coach. So that that all wrapped into me. And then as I got older, you know, being around people that were sports, and for me, I always read. I always studied almanacs. I always read. I used to go to the library and check out everything sports-related, and that's where it all came from. And so it manifested over the years. Um, I always loved to debate sports. I always loved to talk sports. I always mm-hmm. loved stats. You know, I'm the one kid in school when everybody's reading about caterpillars. I got the I got the big almanac, and you remember the, the yearly almanacs. The uh, like, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The world, the world almanacs. I used to get the world almanacs, not to read about statistics about about you know what city was largest or this and this. No, I used to read the 300 pages that was about sports, right. learning about soccer, football, and then like I said, it just turned into something. And that's young God, Danny at seven, eight years almanac. old. <laughs> got about the almanacs. I do I do remember them though. Those suckers were like this big, man. In this, in the uh, when they had the book fair, 
They always yep. had him in the book fair, and I'm like, bro, they get, and it had so much. Oh, I forgot about that. Why? That's where that, that's where Jarrell, you know, what my not learning about years and statistics. I I've been reading that stuff since I was six, seven, eight years old, you know, and that stuff had to stop. So, man, you asked the question about Little Danny and where it came from. That's where it came from. Of course, you know, playing with friends, but you know, at some point, I stopped growing in the seventh, eighth grade. So. My dream of you know being six six from North Carolina that stopped. <laughs> that stopped in eighth grade. Okay, so no, it I, I turned into love, and I, I was always a good writer. My, my my teachers as a kid always told me I was a good writer. So when I got to high school, um, I was in the journalism program. Uh, I was in the newspaper staff. I wrote you know little things on football, on soccer. Um, our soccer team was pretty good in middle school and also into high school. Um, I was in yearbook in high school, and then. Um, I went to college. I went to Winston State. Um, I took a, I was only there for a year and a half, uh, three semesters. But being engulfed in that culture, I used to write my English papers in college all about sports. I literally would literally take every prompt that he had, that my professor had my freshman and sophomore year, freshman, my, my, my three, uh, three classes, and took every prompt and turned into it, and so, writing something about sports, really about an athlete, really about something. I think I remember one year I wrote a paper about predicting the future. I wrote an ACC basketball preview. So I turned into something like that. <laughs> hey, hey, that's, hey, that's click. Hey, you said predict the future. <laughs> I got you. This, this is going to be too easy. I got <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, I don't want to write about Shakespeare. I refuse. So let me write about the Shakespearean version of Michael Jordan. Let me see how this works. Hilarious. Hey, that, that's too funny. <laughs> but see, I, that's what I'm talking about, man. And I think... You know, I mean, a lot of us have that uh, some, you know, had that story, had that you know, that passion in there for sports. But it's always something that kind of triggers you. I think like for me, it was always I mean, I watched sports in it religiously. It was yeah. bad. Went to bed favorite with sports, it. Favorite sports center anchor growing up. Here we go. Ooh. Now I'm going to throw something back at you. Oh, <laughs> all right. So, all right, well, Stuart Scott's a get me. I'm Stuart Scott is like Jordan. We're, we're yeah, not, yeah. We're Stuart, not, I'm not I'm not going to say Stu. Okay, but so this is this okay. is where it gets tough. I'll, just, I'll be about, honest in, with in you. In the 80s, in the, you watch sports in ESPN. Who was your guy in the 80s? Ah, uh, see, that's the thing, man. I would say because I'm more of an early 90s. Well, okay, early I 90s. would say, oh, this is tough. All right, I'm gonna give you Charlie Steiner. I, 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 I used to, I used to love Charlie Steiner and Bob Lee. <laughs> I, mean, okay. I mean, Chris Birmingham, but but as the anchors, Bob Lee. I, I thought Bob Lee's voice was kind of common. It was it's a little bit high pitched to an extent, but I love Bob Lee. Charlie Steiner was my guy. I don't I don't know what is Charlie just had this ruggedness about him. So you know the, the Linda Cones, uh, but yeah, Charlie Charlie Steiner was probably the early guy. You know, uh, and then obviously when the, the the dynamic duel with uh, Rich and 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 Stewart. and Stewart, they were just dynamite, and uh, and then. Uh, you know, I I, I got to give him love too. Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick, and Fuego, Fuego. You know, he he was amazing. Patrick, uh, there's so it's so many. It's crazy because like that that those early '90s, late '80s, early '90s, you know, sports broadcasts that were on ESPN. There were so many good ones, man. Like so many that you know, uh, even Craig Kilborn, he was on there for a while doing his thing. Um, uh, Keith Olbermann was on that bad boy. You know, they had Over so Patrick, many. Over Patrick, not eleven o'clock show was amazing. Yeah, I mean, they just had they had so much greatness going on, and, and sometimes it was like, man, this is crazy how good, you know, every and it may, and I'm not gonna watching them every night made me like I would, you know, everybody had their own style, you know, and I just used to sit back and just like, man, I love, you know, love this, and 
Initially, I think that's what I wanted. I I, I wanted to be an anchor I initially. Did. I think every child, every person, every kid that watched ESPN wanted to be on ESPN for the simple fact of number one, you never knew the combination right. was coming. You always knew that you always knew who was coming on Sunday. Right. Now, the Sunday Night Sports Center was always your top two team because it always NFL and everything else. But throughout the week, the combination they put together was like watching hockey. You didn't know yeah. what magic was going to come with, you know, with a, a, a typical Wednesday night. So I, I used to stay up. I used to I used to act like I was going to sleep and then wake <laughs> up at eleven, set my alarm at eleven, make sure nobody in the house heard it, to turn my TV on to figure out who was anchoring Sports Center that night. And just try to watch as much as I can to fall asleep until I had to go to school next week. It's, it, it used to be my, it, you know, people take, you know, melatonin or whatever now. That was it for me. <laughs> I sat there and watched it religiously. Between that and then eventually the draft was the other thing that got me. I was like nine years old when I remember watching my first draft. And I've been something like nine, eight, like the 93, 92 draft. And I watched the draft ever since then. And then it's like it just grew. And then I went and one day and I was like, I just. I just want to be an announcer. Then, and then the announcer started kicking in. You know, uh, you know, I, I this is my guy right here. Uh, now on uh, NHL hockey, Gary Thorne Gary and Bill Thorne. Clement. <laughs> I met. Look, people don't understand when you heard the ESPN theme song for NHL Hockey Night because I even had the Hockey Night video game on, yes. on the Genesis. Um, but you heard that you knew you knew it was, it was like the same way. Yo, when they brought it back this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, you, you talk about what, what turned you on ESPN. For me, besides all the early memories of hockey, I remember when ESPN used to have shows on during the day, and I don't mean you know thirty thousand news shows, which is no offense though, to many of anchors that do that. It was before first take. I remember in the summers, right around this time of year, Darrell, mm-hmm. like July, NFL films used to have NFL yearbook on from like oh yeah, one, from and they would just show it. They would just show it Look. The, whole, <laughs> the whole season from twelve thirty to like four p.m. It was nothing but NFL yearbook, and you, I would literally wait to find when the Falcons were coming on. Right. So it was like, okay, the Fal- I'm waiting for that day. But, yeah, that used to be ESPN in the glory days. Now, that's not yeah. now it just changed. They, they used to do that in the old school, like, they would do the Super Bowls. And then they would ever do this. Yep. Every day they would do the Super Bowls in order. So yep. they like, all right, I know I got Green Bay at the beginning. Now I got to wait. 31. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta wait for 31 before we get back in there. But so it was like, that's, like that's next week. You know, they always had those. Uh, you know, they had great shows to me, like you know, sports reporters was great, uh, you know, um outside the lines when you know Bob Lee the was original outside the lines. Yeah. I mean, that that it, it was just great, you know. Guys like John Saunders, like, oh there's a guy that John Saunders, John was Saunders had amazing. the most soothing voice. He had the most soothing voice when it came to you know, it's like almost listening to Dennis Hay where he's talking about um was it um insurance, yeah. Uh I That's all she's saying. Yeah, yeah. John Saunders was the best favorite. You know, it's just soothing, calming. You know, it's but no. I mean, even I remember I miss Mark Jones being on ESPN more. You know, it's just, ah, it's just, it's yeah. it's there's so many. It, I guess I can go on and on. Yeah, but okay. I know for me that's how I, that's how I kicked. And you know, with that being said, I, you know, your journalism side. You know, you take us kind of on a journey. To where you like you, I obviously you knew when you were a kid that you loved sports, but when did you say, "All right, that's it, the journey in the journalism world"? I, I'm going to be a sports journalist. You know, this is what I'm. This is what I got going on. When did that happen for you? So one thing will always be about me has always been the word unconventional. So we always have this idea of how we're going to get to a location, how we get to a spot, but sometimes 
you know, I've always I've learned as I've gotten older, especially is that if you set a goal and set a target to do something, mm-hmm. how you get there isn't really how you get there. It's just the end goal. So I've always wanted to be a journalist. You know, it was in my passion. So when I went to college, I went, like I said, went to Western State. I was a journalism major. Um, like Kanye said, after a couple of semesters, I was finished. Came home, uh, worked in retail. I worked at the grocery store. I was a manager of Win Dixie. You know, that's how long ago Win Dixie was. Win so, Dixie. Yeah, yes. Where oh, the, where shoot. the where the yellow dress shirt with the black pants. Okay. Oh, Win Dixie. That's Looking a like toss a bumblebee. Okay. So um, I, I was there, and at, the, at that time, I want to say it was two thousand five. Real GM had just first started. Um, the Charlotte Bobcats had just gotten to town. Real GM was like, this is the infant stage of Real GM. This is like, you know, when they had message boards and AOL chats and those things. So I decided to write a few pieces for for Real, uh, for Real GM. And then NFL Draft Blitz came along. Um, and I started writing. That's why, that's why I got my first interview. The very first person I ever interviewed was Dwayne, ba- Dwayne Brown from uh, Virginia Tech. Ah. Um, I interviewed him in his dorm room. I was in my mom's house, literally, with AOL Messenger messaging him back and forth. We only had one phone line in the house, so I'm trying to do this interview, asking questions, nervous over a phone. He's in his dorm room with no reception at Virginia Tech to get this article done. But, you know, and, you know, your mom picking up the phone, you know, like, mom, I'm on the call, you know, one of those types of things. So hey, you, like, hay, mom, can't do this right now. Not right now. <laughs> like, yeah, you got you to got <laughs> <laughs> But that was my first interview. It was Dwayne Brown. I want to say it was 2006, 2007. He's at my tech. Um, you know, he was a really, really nice guy. He was nervous. I was nervous. We didn't know what the hell we were doing at the time. Um, so I went to journalism for a while and then, uh, my brother had passed in 08 and I took a step back. Um, I tried to reevaluate my life and I ended up moving to Florida. So what happened was, you know, remember we played video games as a child, you know, I always wanted to be a journalist, but designing video games has always been my, my second passion. It's like my dream. Right. And so I went to Orlando. I worked a year in a um, worked a year doing retail, actually selling sorry selling education items to school districts. So I was a, I was a, a sales manager mm-hmm. selling. Like I said, we're history getting here. Before I got here, I managed a GameStop. <laughs> I ran a Win Dixie. I ran a Harris Teeter as a deli bakery manager. So I'm actually certified to decorate cakes. Um, I worked with, I worked in the call center. Um, selling on-star minutes to people in vehicles. So right. <laughs> they sold on-star minutes. Oh, shit. on-star minutes and giving people direction. <laughs> so that on-star button you heard back in the, in the, in the early part of the, the, the late 2000s, that was my voice telling you where to go. You hit that button. Hey, can I get to Caesar's Palace? And I'm giving you directions. That's hilarious. So, I that's, that's too funny to me. <laughs> so I, I sold that. direct. I sold Direct TV. So I mean, I've worked for different companies. And so I was in Orlando working for a company called Quill, which is also Staples, um, as an education manager. And right across the street from the office was EA Sports. was literally right across the street. I could look out my window and see electronic cards sitting right there. And like like every kid who played video games, we always wanted to design video games. So I would literally go on my lunch break. Um, and I would go on my lunch break every single day for almost seven months, literally every day. Leave my, leave my lunch area. To go across the street, park my car, and hand out my resume to literally anybody that walked in the electronic arts office. Does anybody that was walking in and out, going to lunch, doing whatever? It's hot. It's Florida. I'm literally in a polo shirt and khaki pants and dress shoes in 95 degree weather, burning up, (laughs) handing out my resume, or just trying to get somebody's attention. And so I worked that there for a year and got a phone call about a job there. And 
mind you, like I said, I have literally four semesters of college under my belt. So I have no degree. I don't have an associate's degree. So I walk into Electronic Arts. They had a big job fair. And that's when NBA Live had moved down from Vancouver down to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a position. They said, you know, what position are you looking at? And they had what they call a ratings designer for basketball. And so, like I said, I've been covering basketball. You know, just, I know basketball statistics. Right. So I walked in uh, with a 200-page notebook of statistics and how I did would do ratings. Uh, I broke down everything from Live 10, going back to 2K, going back to literally Allen Iverson 2K, and look at NBA Live, and then compared ratings. I had spreadsheets. I had everything possible. So I walked in and met my career director, Jason Barnes, and he was like, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> so <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> what took you so long? <laughs> so, um, after some time, it took like two months, I got another phone call. I had two interviews. I got a phone call two months later. Uh, they named me the roster designer for NBA Live Series. So I did all the player rosters. And then over the time, as I was doing player ratings, I did playbooks. Um, I did shoes. So, you know, I, I, I designed the shoes to make sure everything for player authenticity was completely correct. So during that time working at EA, I could not write. I couldn't be a, I couldn't be a sports writer. couldn't do anything. Right. EA, EA had your NDAs. They had your NDAs. So you could not do much of anything without their approval. I spent two great years at EA. I mean, uh, I can go back and look at Madden 25, and I can always know that the black guy closest to the end on your skin tone, you create your player, is this right here. Hilarious. That's me. That's me. Um, I was on the project for NBA Live that was canceled, but the first one and the only one I got game credit for was on Live 13, uh, the one that had Kyrie Irving on the cover of it. That's mm. how I met Kyrie and so, so on and so forth. Also, if you ever play NBA Jam on Fire Edition and you get the roster update, my ratings were in that roster update. So if you ever play the game, Darrell, if you get the roster update, always play with New Orleans Hornets because Hugo the Hornet and Ryan Anderson will never lose in that game. Never. <laughs> I haven't said that way. Hugo and Ryan are both 10s. Also, from the corners, they also – I was able to put in the game where that their 10-point, 3-point rating turned into 15, so they almost never missed. They literally never missed in the corner. So if you ever get the roster update, get Ryan Anderson, get Hugo the Hornet for the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, New Orleans Hornets at the time, New Orleans Hornets, and you won't lose. And that's crazy because I remember um, when the live had got canceled, I think I ordered it because I just wanted – I ain't glad at the time. I just wanted to play the new NBA Jam. I was so excited about it. Uh, and you know, I don't think you know it's funny because they, I think after they canceled, I never got a chance to get it, and I, I'm gonna have to go and I'm gonna have to find a way to go get it now. Thirteen is still in stores. Um, I know what you call stores at GameStop. I know he's got thirteen. Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to Russ. I, yeah, I, I, I know Russ. Russ, Russ. Russ got like the inside track. I'm gonna have to talk to Russ about this. So, my, so on. if you go in the, the credits, my name is in the credits, and those two years were an amazing two years. Um, uh, actually, on my two year anniversary, I walked into work and. I was laid off for the two-year anniversary. Actually, I walked in, got my bowl of cereal because EA has cereal, and I was about to go to work. Um, we had a roster update coming, so I had to get that prepared. Um, I got called into the office, and that day, that's when EA settled with Ed O'Bannon <laughs> over player likeness. Oh, no. It's <laughs> what? The, the player likeness thing cost me my job at EA. But when one door closed, another door opened, so... Um, you know, living in Orlando, um, knowing people I knew, I ran to a guy named Hezzy McCaleb. Um, he's from New Orleans. He had a he had um, a podcast and a group and a website called Barbershop Sports. And so, you know, after you know, after going through, you know, we lose, you know, we lose your job is is difficult when it's something that you've always imagined and dreamed of, and you lose it. Right, it sucks. It hits you. 
So Hezzy um, got me involved with, you know, just coming on his podcast, talking NBA with him and his, you know, him and the guys that he had, the barbershop crew, and, you know, started writing for him um, just to, I guess, transition. You know, it was, it was hard, you know. And after that, I uh, met a guy named Randy Zellia from Backpage Sports, and he got me my first credential uh, with the Boston Celtics and the, and the Orlando Magic. I want to say it was this, December of 2015. I covered mm-hmm. my first game in 2015. And then, you know, working with the barbershop guys, it inspired me to start my own podcast. Um, that was days of blog talk radio. That was <laughs> that's the days of blog, blog talk, talk radio. You know, before you had intro, you hear blog talk radio. That's what you heard in the very beginning. So it was like <laughs> I started my for, my first podcast on um, Full Core Press Radio. Um, and I ended up coming across uh, a journalist named Jackie Taylor who was uh, working as an NBA journalist on the West Coast. And we decided to start this podcast together and she rocked me for a while. She was the first person to show me how to get guests and how to, you know, learn, you know, just learn the ins and outs of journalism. Cause like I said, when your podcast is one thing it is something else. And so I'm covering games for, for you know, back page sports. I have the podcast. And so I looked and it's funny when you go in these rooms, you know, Darrell, and you've been in these rooms many times, you know, you go into a journalist room, there's one thing missing a lot of times is people who like us. Yep. There's, there's, yep. There, there wasn't very many people who like, who look like us in the room unless they were hired. And the other part is when you sit down and get to know people in the room, you realize the second thing, 90% of people that are in media rooms, they have full-time jobs and there's not yeah. what they And covering games is not what they get paid for. Okay. This is also true. <laughs> <laughs> I worked, you know, I I and I, I I learned my chops of covering games. I, I sat with two guys who were amazing um, in the Orlando Orlando sphere: uh, Phil Rockman Rice, who's still at Orlando Magic Daily, and Zach Oliver, who who was running Pinstripe Post, and I think he's now at Daily as well too. Those guys taught me the ropes about you know about being in the room. Like I knew that if you go into Orlando Magic Media Room, John didn't sit on one side and. <laughs> And my guy Josh Robbins sat on the other side. Like you don't sit in those two spots. Like those spots are like literally safe for them. Like, they talk in <laughs> Don't touch them. <laughs> don't touch those seats because I, you know, no, you know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to get that look. So, and then I was like, okay, you know, I need I, at some point in time, I need to find my own credentials. You know, I need to get. I, I was starting to grow myself. I was like, okay, I need to to build my own brand. So what do I do? So I I reached out to people. You know, in the industry, and then I realized you get a lot. You get told a lot of no's. You get a lot of people who don't answer emails. You get a lot of people who don't. A lot. A lot, a lot <laughs> a of people. Lot. Won't even, a lot of people won't even try to help you even crack the door open. So I told myself, if I ever made it, if I ever got somewhere, I'm going to help somebody. Right. I'm going to go help the next person, especially someone who, ironically, who looked like me. Because there wasn't very much representation, but I said I told myself if I was able to help one person, then I did exactly what I was supposed to do. So through the things that never went right, whatever wrong, I went to sports radio uh, in Orlando, and I learned about what they call broker shows. And so what that does was, um, at this point, I was laid off my job. I was I was working. I was selling timeshares at this point, Ooh. and. Yeah, like I said, I've done almost everything. I've, I've lived. I lived a crazy life at this point. So I'm selling timeshares, and I was doing Uber. I was doing Uber when it first came out. Not 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 the food, the actual Uber. And so I was like, okay, what do I do? 
And so they told me they're going to charge me this amount for a two hour show. You know, I guess I had the podcast going. I was getting, I was getting guests. I was reaching out to people on social media. I was getting people to respond back. So I was starting to get a laundry list of guests. The radio station came to me and said, okay, this is what we need you to do. You should pay this much money each month, but here's how you make your money back. You sell advertisements. So at this point, okay, I've been in sales for so long. I've been making money for people my entire life. Right. Why the hell I do it for myself? So I went into business for myself at this point. So I went out literally going through the phone book and just and, and, and using my Google and going to different businesses, the local, the small ones, just to see about radio time. And so during that time, I'm doing full core press radio. I'm on, I'm nationally, I'm no, it's nationally syndicated in the Orlando area, iHeartRadio. So I started thinking to myself, so time out. It's on Orlando radio, and you can listen to it nationally on iHeart. Right. Let me go back to the magic and see what happens. The magic, like, oh, so when they listen to my show, at that point, they started handing me credentials. Because I just figured out the matrix at this point. If you have callers beside your name and they can look at you and you're on the air, you're not lying. Yeah, I have a podcast, but I'm on radio. radio. At this point, there's nothing you can say to me at this point. So I took that. And I literally, I had the two night a week show. I was doing the show Tuesdays and Thursdays nights from 9 p.m. to 11, from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Mm. So literally, in the worst hours of radio possible, when you get preempted for, I've had my show preempted for minor league hockey, UCF baseball. I'll never forget, I had a show with Kenny Anderson on. We're doing something major. Kenny, Kenny Anderson crying loud. So his people are calling me from Jersey. They turned to the radio station. It's like, why the hell is a hockey game on? The station didn't tell me that it was being preempted for hockey. What I've been preempted for softball. I've been preempted for a lot of things. So I figured my way into the building was using the radio. And so I did radio. I had three, I, had, I was on three different stations uh, during my time in Orlando. And then, you know, life happens. You go through a divorce, you go through a lot of things, your life changes in different ways. And so when that change happened, I ended up meeting up with some um, a black media company, uh, Florida National News. They needed a sports reporter, somebody who was going to go cover the magic every night. I needed something to put my badge over. So right. you got, you know, it was a working relationship. I wrote articles for them. They got me credentials. On top of that, working with Florida National News took me place I've never been before. So on top of covering the magic, they sent me to, I covered UCF's bowl runs with Mackenzie Milton and all those different things. I covered the Jacksonville Jaguars through them. So I was going to Jacksonville, literally driving two hours, you know, I'm sorry, five hours every Sunday to go watch the terrible Jaguars play. I mean, I literally, I was, I was subjecting myself to this. I was covering, you know, UCF basketball. I was able to get into Conference USA's tournament, the NCAA tournament. I even covered concerts. Um, ironically, I took my, my current wife on our first day, our first major date to a concert that was given credentials for <laughs> at the last minute. My man, brilliant <laughs> baby. That's how I'm talking about. That's how you do it. So that's how you do it. <laughs> and so that path allowed me to, you know, when you cover games and Darrell, you know, and the people who who've been here before cover games, you meet so many people. Right. You know, you go into an inter- you go into a, um, a media room. Um, if it's the NBA, I'll, you know, I go into rooms and pregame. I used to get there literally if the game's seven o'clock, I would get there at four thirty. Be the first people there because you never know who's there. So. One night, Mike Breen and Walt Frazier, Clyde Frazier, were in the building. They're eating before the MSG. They're doing their little pre their pre-show dinner. Right. And I'm sitting there. Like I said, I'm sitting at the next table over. The Magic's media food 
is the most hit and miss food you ever can eat. It's like really hit and miss. Like it's really either good or it's really bad. <laughs> this night was actually pretty solid. So I'm over here eating my dinner, you know, you know, just get ready for the game. And they're talking about the magic and nobody knows like what's going on with the magic. And so Walt turns over to me and says, Hey, and he looked at me and said, Oh, so Florida National News. So, so you cover the magic? I'm like, Yeah, a couple quick questions for you. So he's at so Walt, Mike Breen, and the MSG people are asking me questions about the magic. That way they're just taking notes. I'm like, this is Walt Clyde Frazier. We're talking like dressed like Stan from Martin dressing Walt Clyde <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> 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 we're so I'm literally sitting there looking at them and they're just taking notes. And I'm just like, it's Mike Breen, it's Walt Frazier. And then, you know, they, they get up, they go finish having dinner. You know, they, they go up to go get ready for the broadcast. And Mike says, thank you so much. And I was like, Mike, I do a radio show. Can I have you on? He just, he, he not only gives me his, cell, his, his business card, he was like, here, take my cell phone number down and text me. And I'm going to lock it in. That's, that's the least I can do. And I started thinking to myself, I said, well, damn, I can start getting guests this way. So, Dang. <laughs> so I'm like, well, man. Uh, so I literally would go to games and go to early. I would meet different people. You meet different scouts. You would meet different. You just never know who you run into right. at a sporting event. And so at that point, I started building a Rolodex. I started knowing people from all over, um, creating friendships, just creating laughter. People I still talk with today. Um, you, you know, Darrell, you've been to plenty of games. You know. The dumbest stuff happens in media rooms. Like you find crazy things, and then you go into locker rooms and you see players and you get a hold of agents. And it's just like, this is my realm. And that's where the guests come from. That's where you know I've known. It's because I never was afraid to talk to people. I mean, in this industry, you know, if you walk up to a person making one hundred million dollars and ask them a question of what the hell happened in the fourth quarter, and you have the balls to ask them that, you can sit here and ask a journalist, hey, you know, what can I do to be better? Or ask them something, you know. Strike up a conversation about the game going on tonight. I promise you, you'll get those conversations that you've never it, had. It's it's happened. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's been a, a quite a few times I've had a chance to do that, and to the, there was the times I was like super nervous. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go to. Do I got the guts to go out here and say what I gotta say? But I mean, I've run into a lot of people that you surprisingly were really humble. You know, like yeah. you, they didn't come at you. You know, nasty. But you never really know what you're gonna get because it it can be up and down. <laughs> um, but I've, I've, you know, but mo I will say most of the people I've ran into have been pretty, have been pretty good. Um, and they've been really, um, you know, they, they've been really, you know, helpful in the time frame. you know, and yeah. I spoke to Andy Katz and some other people, other people in that range. And every time I've ever asked them, they was like, yeah, man, you, you work on this, you work on that, you work on this. And, you know, and I think Andy Katz gave me my, my first real advice when we first started and I asked him, I was like, man, you know, we started this network and we're trying to do this and trying to do that. I said, he said, what would you do, man? Like, what would you do? And he told me, he was like, he said, attack the local is what he told me. He's like, he said, learn the local grow. And he said, he said, learn everything, learn everything and, and, and grow locally. And then you go from there. You'll see what you need to do from there. And he's right. He was right. I took that advice to from this day. I've, I've taken that advice and I've always like used that. Like it's always been like a backbone to me when I, you know, whenever I think about certain things or how I'm going to start something or whatever. So you're right. Like going in those rooms, not knowing what they're going to say to you, no. if they're going to be nice to you. But yeah, I, yeah. I will say I, my experiences have been pretty solid. Uh, you know, one or two that I was like, eh, but most of them were pretty good. Yeah. I mean, but you, you run into those people. But I think one, like you mentioned how Andy cast that too. I think one of the ones that said to you is Sekou Smith. 
um, Seku was, uh, you know, rest in peace with Seku, but Seku was in a game in Orlando, uh, right? Cover for NBA at the time. I think it was .com at the time. And, you know, like you mentioned before, you're like, yo, this, this is Seku Smith. This is a guy I read every day. Right. And, you know, one of the, I, I say one of the pillars at the time of the NBA journalism community. And I asked him, and he was like, I asked him a question. He's like, here's what I want you to do. Be yourself. If you're always yourself, you have nobody ever telling you you're not genuine. So just be yourself. And he said, and, and it kind of stuck with me, just, just be yourself. doesn't matter who it is. And Seku, he did my podcast a couple of times. And so when, and so the be yourself moment came that night. So it was, I think it was one of the Magic's very rare. And when I say very rare games, we were on television at the time. Because like I said, I covered the Magic during the, the, the Jock Vaughn Scott Skiles years. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay, that Sometimes. was that Sometimes. was bad years. So um, it was one of the rare games. It, you know, ES, NBA TV was in town, so of course they had the extra cameras in the building. And the be yourself moment happened. So Seku's telling me this like a game or two before. A couple days later, um, NBA TV's in town, and Kristen Ledlow, who's from uh, I think she's from I think Central Florida, she was at the game, and I went up to her. I was like, Kristen, hey, big fan of your work. Is there a way to get you on the pot on the, on, the, on, the, on the show? You know, to talk basketball. And I was. I, being myself, we, we laughed and joked about something in, in, in session, and that's why I asked her. And she goes, I like your question. Sure, I got a chance to do your show. Here's who you need to contact at Turner. Let's let's do it. And within three weeks, Kristen's on my radio show, and like, and it's like, okay, this is my, my moment. But outside of that, you know, in, in everything in my life, I've always done, I guess, unconventionally. I've never, I've never, I'm one of the few people in the world that can say I don't have a college degree, and I've worked in IT. <laughs> I've managed a GameStop. I have ran a five million dollar grocery store. I have I've got my game credits on a video game. I've designed video games. I've covered over three hundred sporting events. I have a box, a shoebox. You know, for the for upcoming journalists, what you know, one of the one things I always have that keeps me hungry is I have a shoebox, and that shoebox is filled with every credential I've ever worked. Yes. So I go in and I look. <laughs> it's, it's back there. I got it right back there. I have a, I have a shoebox of every credential I've ever had. And one day I'm gonna put it on a plaque and just the different things. I go back in, see all the baggage games I covered. I go back in, you know, I remember I pulled out this 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 one of an international soccer game uh involving I think it was uh Tottenham because Harry Kane was in the game. Mm-hmm. Um and I asked Harry Kane a question because he came out and nobody was out there. So I asked the question and went viral because no one asked him about, about his contract situation and went viral. Um I have promo credentials, I have all these different events I've covered over the years, and that motivated it keeps it kept me driving was because Darrell you know this and a lot of people know this but people see the finished product exactly of, of what we do oh man you at this game you're at that game but no one knows that we stay up the damn 2 a.m the day before not to mention know. going to work we have <laughs> deadlines we have things we have to do we have time away from our families there is the 40 hours a week at work in most cases and some people 50 60 hours but then we have the 30 hours a week that we do everything else. Exactly. But people can see the finished product. But what it took for us to get to this moment, you have no idea what it took. Man, you have, you have no idea how many times I didn't <laughs> sleep. You have no many nights I stayed at the 2, 3 o'clock in the morning watching League Pass to get right back up at 6.30. You know, you don't, people don't know the actual sacrifice. They just see, oh, you're on the field doing this. Oh, you, you, at this sporting event, yo, you're doing this. I did not see $1 from any of this. Okay. No money. Look, look no all money. Those parking receipts up until the uh, up until my last year of Florida National News. All those parking receipts, I paid for. 
that gas back and forth to, to Jacksonville and in, in, in a Pacifica, in a, in a Chrysler Pacifica. You know how much of these ride on gas and SUVs? That's on me. The gas, the tires, the oil, all those trips, that's on me. Right. Like paying to get in places I had to pay a park to those things, that came on me. So that's the part people don't really know. And that's where that's where that part of the journalist takes because you know it looks good, it sounds good, but trust me, y'all, it, it ain't for the it's not for the weak at heart to get to where you know where Darrell is right now, and you know the things I've seen or the people that you know you see, oh, they're doing this, this, and this. You gotta realize to get to this point, it took years of hard work to get to this point. Years, man. man. Years. <laughs> it's in years, man. It's it's. And that's the thing, like I, I that's what for any you know young person in this game that's listening to this or whatnot. This that's what we're talking about. You gotta have a passion for it when there's all the reason in the world to give up on it. All the reason in the world. Yes. You, you know, you need money for your family, you need this, you know, you take a sacrifice because you know, like this is a big opportunity. You know, it's those are the things you just gotta keep pushing. Cause then eventually, you know, something is gonna go your way. And when it goes your way, you're going to go back and look and say, yep, that's exactly, exactly what I was looking for. People don't know how many no emails I've received. People have know how many times. Tons. There's a lot of them. I'm telling you, you like, can't get discouraged by them. No, you get no's all the time. You get people, you know, doubting your work. You get people, you know, that don't, that don't believe in what you're talking about or don't believe in your platform or don't look at your platform as nothing more than just, you know, some internet filler. You know? Right. You know, and you have ten thousand people wanting to be a journalist, but really only five, only five hundred really know what they're talking about because everybody writes a sports column nowadays. Everybody has a website nowadays. Everybody has a podcast nowadays. Exactly. So it's like, okay, so how do you differentiate what they call from real from what it is? It is it's consistency. It's literally consistency. It's literally knowing your crap. If I can listen to your podcast and I can literally dissect within five minutes of your show and you start talking sports. I'm not talking about the beginning. I'm not talking about the intro. I'm not talking about the beginning of Hot Topics. If I can listen to your show for five minutes and I can realize that I can literally pick apart what you're talking about, right? it's really not what it is. Like, if it does not, if, it, if it's something that doesn't make sense within five minutes, I can pick it apart. I don't, I, I cut it off. Like, so, that's like, it makes no sense to me. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Like, right <laughs> I got, I got 5,000 people's podcasts I listen to and I promise you, there's about maybe 20 to 30 I listen to regularly. Some people know what podcasts I listen to regularly. Others don't. Right. Because the thing is, it's all about support too. Because I support people whether they know it or not, whether they pay attention or not. That's just exactly the mentality of everything. And I think that's a that's a huge part of it, y'all. I mean, so for all the journalist people out there, just remember, don't give up, keep pushing. Cause you never, you never, you never know when your time is gonna come, and that perseverance, perseverance will come through. All right, so look, we got we got two segments left in this bad boy, but my favorite segment is about to come up now. It is time for quick ones. All right, Danny, are you ready for the Danny Thompson edition of Quick Ones here on? one-on-one here on the legacy maker sports network let's do it all right so for those who are you know maybe listening to the for the first time the way quick ones work is this i'm going to give a phrase here i wouldn't say a phrase but maybe a a question Uh, i could be like who's your you know favorite basketball player of all time something like that 
So be a, I'm gonna give Danny a couple of those, see what he's got to say on there, uh, and we're gonna make this bad boy uh, a fun one. So let's go ahead and get started with my favorite one. That is the introductory one, everybody. Favorite sports moment, Danny. Man, favorite sports moment. Man, uh, in person or, or just in general? Just in general. It can be anyone. I in general, I'm uh, cool with it. You know, in, in general, just my favorite sports moment in general is literally, man, you asked me a spot. I would have to say 1993 North Carolina NCAA championship against Michigan. The timeout. Um, being the underdogs in that game, Donald Williams, um, staying up and watching that game and just thinking the Fab Five was going to crush us because of that team they had. Uh, the, the, the the grit determination of my Tar Heels, it was, you know, it was Dean's last one. Um, that will be my favorite sports moment um, on the visual side. Uh, in person, man, there was nothing like, to be honest with you, UCF, South Florida, Black Friday football game, um, one of the wildest games there, McKenzie Milton. And it was like almost a hundred points scored. Uh, uh, Quit uh, Quentin, quarterback for uh, for UCF, USF, literally broke the school record for passing yards in the second quarter. Like it was literally basically mad. Wait a minute! In the second quarter, he broke the <laughs> like, passing record. I think he, That's crazy. I think he was like close to four hundred in the second quarter. But it was literally me and Kyle, me and Kyle Nash were sitting in that booth, just looking at each other in the press box, like, "What the hell are we watching?" It was literally arena football with a hundred yards. No, 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 no ceiling and literally no nets. It was literally two teams. No, right no defense, ladies and gentlemen. Like, why are y'all on the field? Until the final <laughs> series of the game, I think UCF got an interception. It was, it was a crazy game. So, po- poetic justice in that way. Yeah. Next, just the atmosphere alone. All right. Next one. Worst sports moment. Are we really doing this? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> bro. Really I, look, I mean, look. I, I, All right. 28 to 3. All right, I, you ain't got to say no more. We, we we all know. I'm I'm not gonna put you through that. I'm not gonna put you through that. <laughs> Next one, favorite athlete growing up. I said we earlier in the podcast. that my favorite athlete in the NBA was Dominique Wilkins as a kid. Um, I was always a Deion Sanders fan um, because, like I said, growing up, growing up as a Falcons fan, Deion was my guy, along with Andre Rison and Chris Miller. Um, you know the, the defense. So I would say Deion. I would say Dominique, and I'm gonna have to go hockey. I was a big, big fan of Pablo Murray as a kid. Pablo Murray, uh, Pablo, Pablo was with uh, Vancouver, correct? With the Canucks. Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. So, it's funny story. As a child, '94 uh, Cup Finals, um, I, you know, the Rangers won the cup. Oh, that's and- the OJ Finals. Yeah, that's the, that's the OJ Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> for Christmas that year, now Darrell, this is my age. You remember the Spiegel catalog? The yeah, Spiegel. yeah, yeah. So my mom for Christmas, I asked for a Rangers jersey, right? For the because you know, right Rangers jersey, the blue one with the Rangers across was so cold. And I asked for a Rangers watch. So that year, I got a Maple Leafs watch. They sent me the wrong watch, and they sent me a Canucks jersey. Really? So, but the jersey, but it was a Canucks jersey, and then at that point, that's when NHL '94 came out. Of course, you know, one of the greatest hockey. Hey, players. that's my game right there. And so, at that point, <laughs> you know, Pablo Burry, I knew who Burry was, the, the the Russian Rocket, scoring goals at a crazy number. And at that point, I started paying attention more to the Canucks because I had the jersey. You know, 
rocket. So right. I became a Pablo Murray fan. Like just the fact of his speed, his skill set. You know, he scored goals in NHL hockey. That's all I did was score goals. I could play care less my defense as long as I scored goals. So he was my very first guy I love when it comes to scoring goals. So mind you, I said I'm a huge hockey fan. So Theo Fleury, you know, going back to Gretzky, I remember Gretzky in Edmonton, so I do remember those things. But Pavel was my guy, so those are my three favorites of all. Time. That's that's awesome. I you know NHL NHL ninety four is, is is a godsend for me. All I and I, I got to throw it out because you mentioned it, and I couldn't help myself, but. I was a huge Quebec Nordiques guy. Oh, okay. Only sure. team. It's the only team I ever played with with the game. I remember buying it. Like I got the game. He's going out of my cousin's house, and the first time I played the game, they were the first team I picked. I couldn't tell you why. I don't know if it was the color. I couldn't. That, tell lo- you that logo. That logo was just weird. That logo was weird. I think it was probably because Quebec was just a weird name, and I'm like, <laughs> what is that? I had no clue what it was. I was ten, so I went in there. I picked Quebec. And it's the only team, you know, and I think on that team they had, I want to say Ron Hextall was the goalie. Yeah. Ron Hextall, on, they had young Joe Sackick, they had Mike yeah. Lucci, uh, I think Steve Duchesne. On there. Oh, my God, it's, it's somebody else, but I'm, I'm having them. Oh, Matt Sundin. Matt Sundin, Sundin yes, that was young, oh, young Sundin, too. Yeah, man, yeah, so, yeah. And so they were on there. And so for me, I'm like, oh, man, shoot, this is great. I love, love him. I, I, so when the new one came out, and they wasn't on there. I'm like, whoa, where is Quebec? And then Avalanche. So that's how I became an Avalanche fan. I've been an Avalanche fan for see since well, since they, you know, since they were Quebec. Congratulations on the cup, Okay. You you see you've seen your teams with championships in your lifetime. Don't rub it in, okay? Don't rub it in. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. Look, I look, I, I will say though, 94, very influential year. I think I, that's the year that I remember picking all my teams. Now that I go back and look at it, except for Green Bay, I, I became a Packers fan in like 91, 92. Um, well, yeah, I think it was like 92 because Sterling Shot was my guy. But the, it was all 94. Mariners fan because of Ken Griffey. Yep. You know, he was having a great year. Then the strike, that all happened. And then I, he, I was a Heat fan. And then Zoe went to the Heat. And I was always a huge Alonzo Morning guy. Oh, I love Lonzo one of my favorite NBA players. I know um, there's get hurt, the Jordan. He's always been my favorite NBA player. The guts, the glue, you know, he's just as tough as they come. Love Zo. My dream is to meet Zo. Okay. So one day, one day it's gonna happen. But anyway, uh, yeah, those those that year, three of my teams, minus the Packers, I became fans of those teams in '94. Uh, video games had the part to do it, so that goes back to what we talked about earlier. But yep. yeah, man, I yeah, Pavel, man, Bird. I, whew, yeah, that's that's toss back. That ninety four game, right over there, right over there. I might. I got the, I got, I got, I got, I got the Raycon in the in the uh, in the in the, in the little one's bedroom. Um, for those who know Raycon is because sometimes the older consoles are hard to find. If you get a Raycon, you could actually play Genesis, Nintendo, and uh, Super Nintendo games. Yes, that's that's yeah. That's I brought it online. I got the same thing. I got. Man, the I, got so much, I got so much stuff back there on this little cup in the brown cubby over here. <laughs> yeah, but NHL '94 was a must. I'm like, no, nah, I got to get that. That's I got, my I got, I got Tecmo Super NBA basketball in the other room. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm gonna mystify Tecmo Bowl. The first, both of them, Tecmo and Super Bowl. I got both um, of those. I got both of those. I do have Coach K basketball. Don't got Coach K though. Uh, you gotta get Coach K. Yes, yeah, that's a must have. If you don't remember, if you don't remember Coach K, Coach K was like, yeah, I think that was NBA Live with a college. A college uh, skin on it. Live ninety five. I got. I think I got Bulls versus Blazers in there. Blazer in there. I got uh, 
NFL football 94. That, that was the best part of the game. Sports NFL sports. football 94. Never can catch the pass. That is the worst passing game I've ever seen. I, I got the game in there, and every time I play it, I get mad. I turn it off. I, I, I've i never played a full game. Have you played college football national championship? I have that. I think I had that as well back there. I but you can actually catch on that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's the thing, though. You can catch on that. But the other one is trash. I mean, it's a the game itself is like, oh, I thought the helmets were cool when I was a kid. My brother used to play it all the time. I was so jealous because they wouldn't let me play. You know, I was so much younger. and But I have it now. They don't want to even play it because I can't catch the football. I'm like, you know, whatever. Exactly. I was like, whatever. I, can't, I ain't got time for this. I, but yeah, I, you gonna have me go back and play NHL before this is over with. Uh, <laughs> we got two more left here on Quick Ones. This one right here, I think is gonna be a good one for you. You are coaching a three-on-three basketball team, and there's anybody your choice. Who are who is on this team? Who are you coaching on this three-on-three basketball team? All time. And th- whoever okay. you want, it All can right. be. It could be. It could be my man, um, like Mike. I don't, I don't, I just, I mean, you give me. It could be fantasy, whatever. You okay, give me so three basketball me, players. If you're giving me you a game of three on three, I put my life on the line. Give me, give me Jordan. Yep. Give me, man, because I'm playing for my life here. <laughs> give me Jordan. Give me Wilt. Oh. So I need, I need, we'll, we'll over Chandler only because Wilt can he's like a seven foot high jumper. Uh and then give me I'll be honest with you. Give me Kevin Durant. Ah a seven footer with a ratchet. It's just that simple. I, I wanted, I wanted Dirk, but the fact that I wanted Dirk, I wanted to use Dirk so bad in the three on three. Like this is like literally three on three, but I gotta go KD because the bag at seven, the bag he has at seven foot tall is really insane. Right. Um, I mean, if I got Jordan, I don't need LeBron. That makes sense to me. That's true too. You you really wouldn't. Jordan can handle everything else. Will's gonna grab everything, and then if Jordan <laughs> is in a little trouble, you're gonna kick it out to Durant. You're gonna knock it down. I mean, you in good you in good shape. You got yep. everything you need there. Okay. Last one. Last one. What's the <laughs> what's the worst movie you ever seen? Oh, glitter. <laughs> You said glitter, yeah. <laughs> glitter and Geely. Like, you're like oh, the first bit, the, oh. yeah, bit after like a Jennifer, the Benifer, the first movie they did together was trash. And watching Mariah Carey try to act, I'll never forget watching it in college. Um, I was forced to watch it in college. I'm just gonna say that I had, I didn't, I didn't choose to watch it. I was forced to watch it. I think, I, I think the way you feel about Mariah Carey is how I feel about Beyonce, minus. Probably Dream Girls, because Dream Girls and maybe and maybe Cadillac Records. I felt See, like I like her fight. I like her fight temptations though. I, I okay, fight temptation, but everything else, oh, little tough. No, Mar- no Mariah Carey and Julie. No, no, Mariah Carey glitter. Is <laughs> Mariah not Carey and Beyonce. No, no, we're not doing this. Nope, we're not. We're not gonna put them in this position. Oh, that's great. Uh, the, All beehive right, cover, the beehive is not covered for me. My wife made. Yeah, a post no, about, I don't have time for that. I'm not trying to get no, beat up. My you wife know. made a post about Beyonce's new album, and I was just worried that I'm glad that she her. I don't think it was public because otherwise I don't need the beehive coming after me. I don't need it. Yeah, I look, all I know is that I heard me and my daughter were out today and I heard her new song literally six times while the time we were kind of hanging out. Six times on the radio. Which, which one? Uh, you, oh, Break My Soul? Yeah. Well, see, I, li- I listened to the album because you know, I listened to the album completely. Uh, I'm not going to say when I listened to it, but I listened to it sometime this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I 
No, we're not, we're not going to disclose, but I listen to it. Yeah, we're, but, not, we're um, not going to do that to ourselves. All right, yeah. last thing, my man. Um, First of all, I, I, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. And, you know, we easily, we could probably go another hour. Um, we probably could. <laughs> because do I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know we had been in on an hour already. Uh, <laughs> but I, mean, we, I truly appreciate you coming on, man, because, one, you're one of the guys in the industry I look up to. I, I, I don't say that. I know I've, most people ask me, I say, yeah, I look at, the, I do. I look up to you because I've seen the hard work. And I've seen what you can do. And I, when I see somebody who is as talented as you are, I can go always sit back and look and say, man, like, look at Danny, man. Danny's got to go. But I use it as motivation, you know, when I see people like yourself doing really well in this industry, man. And I, um, you know, I truly, truly, truly uh, you know, just appreciate you even sitting back and taking your time with me, brother. You know, you know, this show is something, you know, it's a bad signal thing. When, when my brother's. When I say my brothers in this industry come up, you know, I, I'll say this. Terrell's one of my brothers in this industry. So, you know, we have, so it was funny. We went to the Black Sports Symposium a couple weeks ago in Atlanta. Um, we had formed a brotherhood between me and the guys there. Right. But on top of that, you got to understand there's the, the brotherhood was extended because, you know, even though Raphael was, Raphael Haynes from the three-point conversion wasn't with us, he showed right. up to lunch on Saturday. So we all had lunch with him Saturday. Um, that's part of the brotherhood, you know, my guy Darrell Nissen right here. I met this guy at the three at the big three in Charlotte. Yeah. With the Tyrone. I had a chance to meet those two, those two outstanding brothers and, and also what they're doing, Legacy Maker Sports. So when I first came to Virginia, the first phone call I made, literally, as I'm driving in the rain. I remember that. I remember I'm driving that. in the rain with a car full of stuff. Okay, my car is full of Buddha Virginia because I, I got married and decided we decided to get married, but not live in the same city for two months. So right. that was like I said, part of my global pandemic story. But uh, it's actually, someone wrote an article about it. Uh, Malik Judge wrote an article about my pandemic relationship. It's hilarious. But on the way, it was literally pouring down raining on 85. The first dude I called about anything in Virginia was the guy to my left. That's right. I, I remember that phone call. I was sitting right here in the man cave when it happened. And it's funny, during the pandemic, we were talking about, you know, Darrell decided, he was bored one day, playing games and calling something on Facebook. And so we were talking, like, yo, you should you should do this, because we had no sports. It was nothing else. Darrell (laughs) saved us, literally, from sports. And he's like, yo, what do you think about this matchup? So I think if you go back to the brackets, I think it was NBA, the Hornets were on the brackets. He was like, man, you have 16 yo, put the Hornets in there. Hornets got smashed, but he had to still But yeah, because I think they ended up playing the Lakers. It was rough. I felt bad for him. They they, took a... (laughs) I mean, they lost by like twenty five. I can't. It, it was crazy. But, you know, that point, but no. But when I say the people in the industry, you know what you say. You talk about how you know where I am to everybody else. It's like the people in the industry are genuine. And Jarrell's one of the most genuine people I know. Um, I appreciate that. Mention if I mention Raphael, then you go back to you know I call the brotherhood of guys. You know, you're talking Ty Ray and Ray Lynn, Mike Patton, Cortland Griffin, um, Ryan Jones. You know Rodney Richardson. You look at those people in that group. You know that's another part. Like I said, this group is is it's extended out because even the people in this inner circle, there's people I still haven't met. There's still I, I think you met Joe Cardoso over at Nuts, Nuts and Bolts. That's my guy. Yeah, Joe Joe's gonna be on the last episode of the season. I, I still haven't met Joe yet, but yeah, you know, we, meaning, I haven't. I actually haven't had a chance to meet him yet neither. But I heard about the barbecue, Joe. If you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but yeah. you you look at you know the people in the industry and what 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 I see now compared to when I first got this thing 2014, 2015 is the group of of, of especially of black men together 
and also not black men, but just black journalists in general. Because right. if you look at the female side of things, I saw your, your you know, you have a new reporter. Yep. Uh, she was killing it at the ACC. Thank you, um, brother. I know she appreciate that. You know, she was she killed it. Um, and I think Tyler Butler had one out there as well too. Yep. Um, I couldn't remember her name. Sorry about that. Because she had the interview with McNabb the other day, and she's doing yeah. thing. And then you know, also on the three point conversion side, of course, there's Karina Parks. Yeah, you know, Darrell knows Karina really well because yep, Karina, <laughs> uh, you got Nashina, Karina. You know, I even got to Nashina and Vashti. You know, yeah, like, Vashti, I, my girl Candy. I mean, there's there's Candace a whole but uh, Kelsey. Don't let me not forget yeah. Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, and then you yeah, have Kelsey Renee, Nicole, yeah, Renee, the KNN. You know, I, yeah, you have Renee Washington. There's so many people, and then the you know, Ashley Baker. I can't. Yep. Leave oh Ashley. yeah, Ashley. Can't forget. Ashley's also going to be on this season too. So I can't. You know, so you, you look at you know the next wave of. You know, of journalists that are especially of African Americans, you know, African American journalists, it's a future. But also at the same time, the people who are seasoned are all in this together. You know, whether we we do it differently, we're all still connected, united in some kind of way. So, I've always said to myself that if I can always help people in any sort of way, whether it be just one piece of advice from them, something that you could ask of me, I've always said I'm an open door. You know, I I don't want people to go through the things I failed at. Right. Avoid it. So if I can avoid helping your failure, it's something that you got to across. I'm a testimony. That, that's what I'm talking about. That's Everybody. what I'm talking about, brother. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. All right, man. We're going to finish it up properly, and I need you to. All right. I need you to leave your legacy here, brother. Uh, before we get off of here, two things. One, if you got any special projects going on that you want us to know about, by all means, we want to hear about them. Uh, obviously, we want people to know where they can find you, all that good stuff. And as well, I want what do you want your impact to be on the industry? What your legacy that you want to say when people when you're said and done, you know, you didn't retire, you chilling at the house, you know. I think when you're when you're chilling at the house and all that good stuff and you're not stressing about sports as much anymore. I know, look, look, look. Hey. <laughs> Don't feel it's all good, sweetie. It's all good. Look, my my wife been banging on the door for twenty minutes. I just I already know how you doing. <laughs> it's all good. Look, hey, we know how it go. We know how it go. Uh, but if you just want, like I say, just the opportunity to leave your legacy, what you want to you know to have left behind, you know, in this industry and all that good stuff, my man. So listen to my show as you see on the bottom of the screen. My show is is on uh, Sports Radio ninety six five and eight fifty AM. I do host a show called Sports Insight seven five seven with my guy Jay, Justin Lee, um, former Norfolk State baseball player, uh, Great Bridge High School, you know, uh, All-State baseball player. Uh, we do we host show on Saturdays. Um, pretty soon it might be a little bit of an adjustment change. I don't know, potentially you might listen to us more than Saturdays, like maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday um, in September. Uh, hit, hit. Um, <laughs> outside of that, um, you can find my work, uh, the three-point conversion for article work. I do have an NFL preview coming up. Unfortunately, the guys would not let me write on the AS on the NFC South. Um, I guess it's a rule. <laughs> they don't trust your judgment <laughs> on the South, huh? <laughs> I'm, gonna call, I'm gonna call Alex Bab out on this one. My guy Alex, who's actually in Richmond now, yeah. Conversion. Uh, Alex made a rule that fan you cannot write about your about your favorite team or division because I guess the fandom rule. I object about the Falcons are crying out loud, but no. Uh, you can check my work on my written work at threepointconversion.com. The radio work is over at 96.5 FM, 850 AM. Um, and the question is, um, what is my legacy? What do I want to leave? Um, you know, I got into this field, and one of the things, like I said, I've learned before is that a lot of times people don't really 
look out for you in the journalism field. And so with the legacy I've always wanted to leave for people, for just people, journalists in general, is the fact of if I, you know, I always plan to help people, not for my own personal gain. I get nothing out of giving right. somebody advice. I get nothing out of it. When people say, oh, man, I owe you, I owe you one. You don't owe me anything. The only thing, if I ever ask anything of you, is that you te- you help the next person. Right. Because when I started this years ago, I really had no idea about direction. So every direction I've gone, like I said, I've hit the wall. I've hit dead ends. I've had the lives live. I like a cat when it comes to this. I've, I've died many times in this. So I realized when it comes to the things I've missed, the things like pitfalls I've made and the mistakes I've made, if I'm willing to help somebody, if I can know I can help somebody avoid that same pitfall, make that same mistake, not hit the wall, continue to keep going, I've done my part. And so the legacy is the fact of I was able, hopefully, to be able to inspire somebody, to help somebody get somewhere, to maybe open a door that never opened before or help them to achieve the dreams they always wanted. Because I can look at my resume. I can look at the if I if I die tomorrow, I've done almost everything on my bucket list. And for me, as far as a legacy where it comes to everything else, you know, my wife, you know, she, she spoke to a second ago. Yeah, she made it. She made a quick appearance. Ain't nothing wrong, wrong with that. Wrong with that. <laughs> Ms. Thompson said, hold on, wait about, wait about me. <laughs> I think the, the, the legacy I want to leave, you know, you know, just besides being a family man, my husband is my daughter. You know, you know, Darrell, we have kids. You know, you understand that when you have a child. Right. And the legacy leave behind is something that the, the child can be proud of. They say that's my daddy. That's my daddy. You know, when my daughter sees me and she talks about school, oh, she'll see she'll point to something I've done. That's my daddy. That's my daddy. Right. You know, I always want my daughter to know that. And I tell her. I told her the other night. You know, I said, no matter what you do in life, I said, she asked me, "Daddy, should I be a basketball player?" I said, "Well, what do you want to be? You know, what do you what do you, do you want to be a basketball player?" Yeah, I do. I said, "I said, I said, because here's the thing: if you don't want to be a basketball player, daddy's going to support you no matter what." Right. I said, you could be a basketball player. You could be a dancer. Hell, you could be a damn dolphin. I said, if you want to be a dolphin, we're going to make you the best damn dolphin possible. We're going to get you <laughs> I love it. You're going, to be a You're going to be the best dolphin possible. That's we're, right. going to you, we're going to get you some fins, and we're going to figure this shit out. Some way or another. But <laughs> I think my legacy for my little one is the fact of, if I have anyone, and more children, uh, if God allows us to have more children, is that, you know, you're just as much of a hard worker as you are with your spiritual side. So my right. thing is you and my wife has helped me with this. You so so it's only so much work you put in. But God's gonna open doors for you and allow you to open doors if he sees you putting that work in. If you believe that he's going to open that door and you put that work in, he's gonna see your work, he's gonna know what you're asking for, and that door is gonna open. And so I tell my daughter this all the time. I tell her there's two things to it. You, add, you, you you pray about it and ask for it within reason. Like if, you, if you're asking me for a car at seven, that's the, at nine, that's not happening. But if you if there's there's something you dream about and you you dream, and it's going to move mountains. You know, I went to our church anniversary last week, and uh, the pastor was from Richmond actually came to speak. And he said three things. He said, "In this year, there's three things I want you to do. I want you to dream big, and right. that means you take the biggest dream. You take your dream." to the biggest part of your being whatever you want no matter how big it is just dream big and don't let people tell you that your dream is unattainable don't let people tell you it's not going to work because people have told me this all the time dream big you do more so you put that work in he 
you put the work in not only on the spiritual side but you do it on the on the day-to-day side you put that in and you'd be greater and my point about being greater is you're being be- you're being better than you are to so every day you become better than the day you were before so if something that you might have missed the day before do it better you know we all have second chances when you wake up in the morning we have a second chance to do something we did not do good the first day and so i've lived by that and i've just thought about that and i realized when i looked at my life i have done everything under the sun unconventionally nothing has ever been the right way someone told me the other day your resume does not really speak to what you see in your life i said no it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't right so that's the legacy that's the legacy i'm going to leave for my kid like i see i'm going to leave for the Charles industry and for my wife's legacy is the fact that like, i got good life insurance so <laughs> hey i'm right there with you on that one brother look ladies and gentlemen i, I want to just say i look danny once again brother truly appreciate you coming on i want to uh before we run 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 i want to make sure that i let you guys know what we got going on for episode 64 next sunday my man sean parker former pa announcer for the minnesota timberwolves will be on my man has got that that golden voice so we'll get a chance to you know have him on next week and and talk to him a little bit about his uh, career with the Timberwolves and what's next for Mr. Sean Parker uh, out there uh, in this industry. So it it was, it's going to be an honor to have him on, but it was an absolute honor this week to have the man myth and the legend. That is Mr. Danny Thompson. Danny, I appreciate you brother for coming on. I'm not a legend. I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh man. But you could be a legend right now. Like I consider, I look, I put to be all the time. Like I'm a legend regardless. I'm a, if you're not, a, you gotta be a legend in your mind oh, to get, I mean, to I, get I, to I, legend I, status, sir. You, you know can get what? there. I, I, I let people speak for me. I don't, there I don't, you go. There you I go. Let people speak for me, so. <laughs> well, look, let me do the speaking. The legend, Danny Thompson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, here with us here on episode 63 of 101 here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Once again, everybody, thank you all for tuning in. It has been an absolute honor to have Danny on. Y'all take care of yourselves. Y'all be safe out there. And we can't wait to see you next week for another one. Until next time. Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one on one, one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the.